Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. There are many essentials of the faith. In some areas of theology, there is room for differing viewpoints. There are some things the Bible hints about, but does not specifically and unequivocally prove one viewpoint as opposed to others. But most things are so clear in Scripture that no deviation can be tolerated. These are the truths we must contend for and be diligent to preserve. Among these truths outlined in this passage is that there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains these truths in today's slice of this week's message, entitled, The Theology of Unity, Part 1. Some people tacitly deny the reality of the Holy Spirit, and they decide, well, we're going we're gonna to do church in a new, better, cooler way to attract more people. That's just denying the reality of what the church really is. And when we employ, employ worldly methods motivated by uh, fleshly motives to try to uh, draw crowds or to make people feel spiritual without being offended by something like the exclusivity of salvation in Christ alone, and there's no other name given among men whereby he must be saved, you're denying the work of the Spirit. We can't charm people into the one body. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul wrote, uh, for example, Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Uh, some people follow along after him and said, well, you know, what Paul said, uh, he's pretty good, but we're going to tell you the deeper stuff, the, the better stuff. Yeah, you need Jesus, but you also need the old covenant. And he writes to them and says, are you so foolish, Galatians 3, 3, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Modern versions of that are the, the seeker-sensitive movement, the, the prosperity gospel, anything else motivated by how can we get as many people as possible into the seats and raise as much money as possible to do as much as we can to get more people into the seats, to raise more money to get more people into the seats. People don't need to be in the seats. People need to be in Jesus. They need to be in Christ. Some deny the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of, of every believer by saying that um, uh, you need to learn to speak in tongues in order to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That is the official doctrine of some denominations, and it's the unofficial uh, creed of most of the, of the charismatic movement. There are others that say, uh, well, you don't receive the Holy Spirit until you have been baptized in water. 
When I was in seminary, I, I can't remember where I was. I was trying to think of it and shouldn't try to think of ancient history like that. But I was in a presence. It wasn't anywhere here, anywhere around here. It was somewhere in the, in the Midwest, and I was uh, having a conversation with um, a couple of other guys that were pastors. I did not know them. Um, I, at that time, did not know uh, very much about their denomination. And uh, these two guys were talking, and they found out that they had mutual friends. I think one of them had been a pastor in a certain place, and then he'd moved on. The other guy had been like two pastors down the road from there. And the one guy said to the other, oh, well, then maybe you know, and he gave the guy's name, maybe you know John Smith. And the other guy said, yes, I know John. I baptized him into Christ. And I thought, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But he meant it because he believed, okay, you need to believe in Christ, you need to hear the gospel, you need to believe that he died for your sins and all that, but you don't receive the Holy Spirit and you are not placed into the body of Christ until you go under the water. Well, that's corrupting what the Scriptures say. Now, if you're a Christian and you're not baptized, you need to be baptized because that is the outward mark of a way that we proclaim our identity with Christ. We're going to get to that. It's in, the, it's in the list of the seven ones here. We'll come to that, Lord willing, next week. Now, if you're confused about that, I recommend you dig a little bit deeper. We have a little bit, a touch on a little bit of this in a, a pamphlet that we have, our position paper on spiritual gifts. It's available on our website. Um, there's hard copies by the front door on the way out. It doesn't deal with everything to do with the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, but there's quite a bit there. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of of peace. Specifically, one body, one Spirit, and next, one hope. Regardless of our diversities of background, like Jew or Gentile or rich or poor or male or female or this ethnicity or that ethnicity, we now share with all others who trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we, st- we share in this one hope. Look at it in verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Our hope is part of what binds us together. Now remember, hope, biblically speaking, is our confident expectation about the future. Not like, I hope it doesn't rain on Thursday, But this is my hope. I'm looking forward to the fulfillment of these promises that God has made. And our common hope is part of what binds us together. Now, if we're going to spend eternity with each other, I think it's wise to start to get along now. That's kind of what he's saying here. We all are headed the same place, so let's march together. Our common destiny is a basis for our unity. Our certainty about eternity with the Lord is based on the promise of the second coming of Christ, His reign on earth, uh, our being fellow heirs with Him, all the blessings of that inheritance, all the joys of eternity with Him forever. And guess what? We have a blessed hope in Christ, so Satan does everything he can to attack it. One way it's attacked is by a a de-emphasis on the future aspects of eternal life. 
I can't believe that anybody ever had the audacity to write a book and call it a Christian book and title it Your Best Life Now, and that there were enough people um, untaught enough to turn that into a bestseller. You can't have your best life now unless you're going to hell. Okay, That's just, that, that's so bizarre, I can't fathom that anyone would think like that. We need to understand where we're going, that we will be like him, for we shall see him just as we as he is. We will know him as we are fully known. That's what brings us together, is that, that hope. And by the way, that provides motivation for us to purify ourselves now. 1 John 3, 3, everyone who has this hope fixed on him, purifies himself just as he is pure. Satan loves to take our attention off of the glories of our one hope. He also likes to attack by attacking uh, assurance. Satan knows that if a bunch of people are confident about their hope in Christ, that's going to give them the strength to stand against his um, strategies in the world. It's going to cause them to be motivated to be pure. So he loves to sow doubt in our hearts. Now, we all still battle against the flesh. We still stumble. We still sin from time to time. And when you sin, you are convicted of your sin. You know you've done wrong. So that is intended to teach you to confess your sin so that he can forgive your sin and, and restore the, the, the sense of your righteousness that's been lost in the midst of that. So that sense of your guilty conscience, that conviction of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. Well, when you sin, if Satan has a chance to somehow influence your thinking, he would rather, instead of you saying, oh no, I've sinned, I need to run to my Lord and, 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 and cling to him, Satan would say, Oh, you sinned. You call yourself a Christian? Are you really a Christian? And he sows that doubt. You know, one of his nicknames, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, he is the accuser of the brethren. He loves to plant false accusations. He loves to make you feel as if you are condemned, even though there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He loves to attack that certainty and that hope. I love to go to 1 Peter when I, whenever I talk about this. I will refrain from preaching on it for a couple of hours. But 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, just look at this. Talk about the blessedness of our hope in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God caused us to be born to this living hope. That sounds a whole lot like the Spirit has placed us in the body of Christ because how were you born again? By the work of the Spirit of God in response to the gospel brought you to faith. Now, when you are brought to this living hope, it is, pick it up in the middle there, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. Friends, that is certainty. If it's, if it's imperishable, it doesn't rot. It's always fresh. 
If it's undefiled, it's not in any way corrupted. If it will not fade away, it's not going anywhere. This is the certainty of our hope, and this is part of what makes us one in Christ. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.